Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Come on, how many believe, how many believe this is going to be a year of favor? How many believe this is going to be a year of miracles? I feel like this is a year of miracles. Come on. Come on, believe that. Come on, we declare miracles. God, we declare you're making a way where there doesn't seem to be any way. Amen. You believe it? Amen. I believe it. High five somebody. Grab a seat. And as you do, can we thank our incredible worship team and our production team? I love it. Uh, this couple on their way down to the seat uh, uh, kissed. I, I assume you came together, uh, so that's positive. Uh, that could be another option, you know, high-five a neighbor, kiss your spouse. Definitely options. Uh, encourage all. Just only kiss your spouse. That's the key. So... Um, a couple shout-outs here real quick. Uh, um, you know, the Bowmans are, are, uh, are ballers, also obviously really great game players uh, as well, and one of the most important things. And, uh, but it's so fun. I get to uh, serve and help with our connect groups across all of our campuses, so I get to work with, uh, with uh, the Bowmans, and they're just two of the absolute best, big fan. And uh, Kyle said, hey, uh, I'm on lighting tonight, so I'm going to be lighting up your world. And I said, uh, first time another man has said that to me, but, but I appreciate it, Kyle. I love you. You're a good man. And make sure you get my good side with the lighting. I'd appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'd also like to give a shout-out to, uh, to Chris. Uh, really over here, Just uh, he hooked me up really solidly with the sugar-free Red Bulls. Yes, I am drinking that at nighttime. Apparently, caffeine has no effect on me, and uh, I could drink five of these and just go right to sleep, and it would have literally no effect. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I've had chiropractors tell me it's a bad thing. Dr. Matt said that means my adrenal glands are shot. Well, apparently, I was born that way. So I'm just going to accept it as the Lord's favor and goodness on my life to be able to drink caffeine whenever I want. I don't have to be like one of those old dudes because I am getting older now. I don't have to be like, well, I can't drink caffeine after 1 p.m. You know what I mean? I can be like, it don't matter. I can drink it, and I'm a big fan of being able to do that. And then last uh, shout-out to uh, your incredible campus pastors. I love Pastor Michael and Lisa. Uh, always, always good gameplay going on, always competitions going on. I've played volleyball against them. That is no joke. That is very serious. It's very game time. Uh, and one of the things I like about Pastor Michael and Lisa, and especially 
Michael, when uh, when you're at a merge, there there uh, I I haven't always had a chance to be in settings where Pastor Michael is is leading the services or preaching because we're all in our own spaces and whatnot. And then several years ago, I started seeing Pastor Michael jump up on stage or an emerge, and just an absolute lion transforms, you know. And, I mean, nobody prays and prophesies and leads with the strength uh, that, that Michael does and that Lisa does. And so I really, really love your pastors, two of the absolute best. And good to have my buddy Jesse Norman with me here uh, tonight from uh, Bressy Ranch Campus. We made the drive down, and so I'm excited uh, Excited to have, it's not quite as deep as, as uh, Eastlake. That's like a time zone change, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's like midway point, so it's all right, it's all right. But uh, I'm excited to get in the Word tonight, and I'm, I'm ready to lean in with you. And like Pastor Michael said, the greatest thing I, I could ever be known for is I want to be known as a worshiper of God. I want to be known as someone who draws close to God. It is the passion of my life as a young kid. One of the prayers I pray often is, Jesus, I want to know you more. Just simple basic, not complicated, but it's the desire of my heart. Everything I've found, I've found in that place, you know. Everything of worth and value I've found in the presence of God, seeking him, leaning in to everything that he has for me. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, but uh, to, to do that, to intro that, I'm going to talk about uh, my daughters in a specific scenario with my eldest when she, was, when she was this young. So how many in the room have kids? How many of you guys have kids? Um, and uh, kids are amazing. They're a gift from God, the Bible says. And, uh, and I also say that too, not just the Bible. But um, kids are a gift from God. And when my eldest was young, I can remember if you can relate to this, you know, when you go through life, you have a lot of things that you face, difficulties you might face, trial and error that you might face, and trying to figure out your purpose and your calling and your next steps and the will of God for your life. And I remember when my daughter was young, praying, kind of, God, give me kind of like the roadmap for my daughter because I want to be able to guide her better. I want to be able to guide her well. I want to be able to see God. Just show me like in advance, like what are the, the giftings and the callings and, and, and the purpose that you have for her. And I think they're, obviously it's amazing. We want to be able to lead and guide our children as incredible parents. But God actually challenged me when I was praying that. God actually said to me, he said to me, why would you rob her of the process of discovering my purpose for her life? And I was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> because I was just thinking, like, I, I just, I don't want to have to deal with all the, the figuring things out. And all the, the, the process of leaning in to the purposes of God. And God's like, why would you try to shortcut that process? Because it was in that process with me and God that I leaned into the presence of God. It was in that process of discovering that I prayed and I cried out and I leaned in and I drew near to God. And so God's like, why would you do that? Why would you attempt to shortcut the journey for your own kids? And I was like, all right, all right, noted, noted. See, a lot of times we want clarity, but God wants close. Someone say close. Close. 
Let me read out Acts chapter 17, uh, some of my favorite verses, kind of around discovering the purposes of God or the will of God for your life. I love this. Acts 17 verse uh, 24 says, The God who made the whole world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needs anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. Now watch this. He says, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this, watch this, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. You know, you're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. God planned this nation in advance. God planned this state in advance. He marked out boundaries and territories and times and seasons and families, and he brought you together to this place. He has a plan for your life. He has marked out in advance purpose and destiny and assignment, right? He's got this planned out for you, but guess what? He's not, you weren't born with a roadmap and a manual. None of us were. I mean, I think we kind of joked about it, man, it wouldn't be great if we were just born with a manual, like if we could just have it all figured out. So sometimes we want that or we think we want that, but God said, listen, I pl- I've got a plan and I've done it in advance, but here's, here's how it's going to work. I'm gonna ha- I want you to seek me and reach out for me and guess what? You're going to find me and then I'm going to show you what's next and then I'm going to speak to you. But we, we want, God, just give me the details, God. Just tell me who I'm going to marry. Just tell me what my future career is going to be. Tell me where I'm going to live in 10, 20, 30 years. Just, God, just tell me. And God's less interested in clarity and more interested in close. He wants you to seek him. He wants you to reach out for him. He wants, he wants you to lean in. And I love the way this is described. You say, man, he planned all this in hope. It's like, he's like, okay, I've got it all planned out. And I'm going to let my people know that, listen, I've got a plan. Just ask me about it, and I'm, I'm going to tell you. Now, we kind of think like, man, could you just give me the whole roadmap in advance? You know our human tendency. We would just stop talking to God until the map ran out. Right? Come on, God, what's in, you know, now, there's nothing wrong with having vision for 5, 10, 20 years, but you know what, I find that most of the time, God doesn't lead me 5, 10, 20 years at a time. <laughs> I mean, we can have general targets, but if you try to get too hung up on a rock-solid 10-year plan, you're probably already setting yourself up for a lot of heartache. Because a lot of times God is not giving you the next 20-year plan. He's giving you uh, today's plan, tomorrow's plan. He's going to speak to you about some things that are next. He's going to speak to you about the next few months. He's going to speak to you about the, the year ahead. He's going to give you some direction. But he wants a relationship. His priority is relationship. His primary function and focus is that we are together. God did not create us and go, all right, whatever, good luck out there, have fun. That's not, that's not how God designed humanity. I remember years ago, I, I lived up in the Seattle area, 
And I was doing kind of these man on the street interviews with people around the University of Washington, which if you care about football, they're, they're playing in the college uh, championship. So go dogs. But the, uh, they, um, they I, I was asking this kind of just two, two question interview. First, do you believe there's a God? And honestly, outside of a very secular, liberal university, I assumed it would be pretty much predominantly no. I was shocked at how many people said yeah. I'm like, okay, this is amazing. But then the second question, the answers were so sad because I just said, so I said, do you believe there's a God? And then I had said, do you believe that he has a plan for your life was the second question. And almost everybody answered no in some form. I don't think he cares. I think he's too busy. Right, Most people's assumption about God, that if there is a God, he's probably not that interested in me. And that could not be farther from the truth. God loves you, created you, hand-formed you, wove you together in your mother's womb, has destiny, has purpose, has assignment. He loves you. If, if, you're, if you're a good father, you want to be close to your kids. You love your kids. You want to invest in your kids. You want your kids to be close to you. You want to have a good relationship. Our Heavenly Father is that plus all, all, the, all the best versions of us with all, all our imperfections and our issues. He is a loving Heavenly Father that cares about us, wants to be close to us. And so he's got a plan and he's got it marked out and he invites us. Come on, he invites us to come close to him. He invites us to lean in. He invites us to seek him. And I love that. Perhaps they would seek him and reach out for him and be found, right? And find him. God wants us to be close. I love Acts chapter 1 verse 6. It says, then they gather. This is now Jesus has risen from the dead. And he's kind of having his final moments with the disciples. And he says, then they, they gathered around him. They asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're looking for some more details. They're looking for some more clarity. They want to have the roadmap ahead. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set out by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses. So God basically says to them, Jesus says to them, you may not have all the details you want, but you're going to have all the power that you need, okay? Because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to come close to you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, he's going to empower you. He's going to fill you. I mean, it was amazing to have Jesus physically on earth. I mean, that would have been sensational as one of the disciples. But, the, but Jesus wasn't even, he, he wouldn't even stay satisfied with that level of communion. The Bible talks about the deepest fellowship is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And that when Jesus left, he sent his spirit so that his spirit could live within us. Not just be next to us. Be absolutely with us. Live within us. Empower us. Fill us and bring us close. We may not have all the details, but God's with you. You may not know exactly what's next, but God's with you. Okay? And when we're constantly consumed with that, a lot of times we may not know the details. Now, this is obviously Jesus speaking specifically about an end times type of conversation. So just to save yourself a bunch of trouble, stop trying to figure out when he's coming back. Because Jesus literally said, 
it's not for you to know. So I don't know how much clearer that has to be, but stop it. You drive yourself crazy. That's why most end-time chasers are crazy people. Because they're doing something Jesus literally doesn't endorse. Okay? He could come back tomorrow. He could come back in 10,000 years. Nobody likes it when I say that long number like that. I like doing that just to freak people out. Like, no, it's got to be my lifetime. I don't know. People for 2,000 years have been thinking it's going to happen in their lifetime. But Jesus is not slow like we think slow. He's not willing that anyone should perish. So there is a time and there is a, a place known to the Father that he will return. He will send his son back once and for all, and he will return and we, in new heaven and new earth, and it's going to be amazing. But I don't know how long that's going to be. It may be in my lifetime. It may not be. It might be generations from now. But you know what? I don't need to worry about that. What I do need to focus on is that I, he's with me and that his spirit is on me and he's, he's close to me. I may not have all the details, but he's close. Right? And that means I have everything that I need. I'll remind you again, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. This is in Jesus' final instructions. And he says, uh, Jesus came to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, th this is... I mean, it's very important final things that somebody says. And Jesus, his final like statement is, I am with you always. That, that's an emphasis that he wants you and me to be reminded of, he's with you. Man, what's 2024 going to be like? I don't know all the details. I guarantee you one thing, though, he's with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be close to you. How close are you going to invite him? How close are you going to seek him? How much are we going to lean into the presence of God this year? But God, I just, I just need to know uh, how my business is going to turn out. I just need to know how, you know, the, the political, you know, kind of climate and what's going to happen with the election. I don't know. Guarantee it's going to be shenanigans for a year. I, that's an that's a absolute unfortunate guarantee. It's already wild. We're just getting started in the year. But you know what I can be confident of? On, on election day, no matter who's in the White House, God is with us. He's with us. He's for you. He's not against you. Come on. Amen. All right, now you got me preaching. Okay. You know, we often want content God wants connection. We want clarity. He wants closeness. We want destination. He wants dinner. <laughs> he wants to hang out. Little connect group plug. Uh, but you know what's really cool in Revelation? One of the iconic paintings that people will see that they paint of Jesus is him outside of a door knocking. You've ever seen that picture, that painting, right? I mean, it's not an actual picture. No one actually had footage of that, but it's a a potential scenario, right? He's knocking on this door. Well, a lot of times I think we think, okay, well, Jesus wants to give salvation. Like he's a door-to-door -door sa salvation salesman. And he's going to knock on the door. You open the door. He hands you salvation. He says, okay, I'll see you later. See you in heaven. I'm on to the next door. But the verse doesn't say that. The verse literally says, if you open the door, I will come in 
and I will eat with you. Right? He wants dinner. He wants close. Right? And that wasn't like fast food dinner like we do in America now. Like dinner in Israel is like hours and hours. You don't commit to dinner with people you don't like. Right? Right? You know what I'm saying? Now, I hope this never happens because now you know my secret. But if someone says they want to have dinner with me and I don't want to have dinner, I'll say, how about coffee? <laughs> right? How about coffee? A.K.A. dinner seems like a long time, you know? So Jesus says, I want dinner. I'm not just here as a drive-by with a quick get-out-of-jail-free card. I want to be with you. I want to be close to you. I want to be where you're at. How amazing is that? I love that. Uh, we, we want his gifts, but our, he wants our heart. I, I love seeing people getting healed. I love, I love the prophetic. I love seeing the power of God. And we're going to see more of that in 2024, absolutely. But you know what, more than anything, more than the gifts, more than all the stuff, because if we're not careful, we start chasing all the stuff God can provide rather than him first. Seek the giver of the gifts, not just the gifts. Oh, man, I, I want to be able to operate like that. I want to be able to, to prophesy like that. I want to, okay, awesome. The Apostle Paul says, eagerly desire those gifts. Absolutely. But the most important thing is to be close to him. The most important thing. If we don't, if we don't have that, we have nothing. Literally, the Bible uh, says that there will be some who prophesied and cast out demons, and God says, I don't know you. That shows you the priority. It's not operating in gifts. It's closeness of relationship that is the most valuable thing to God. Literally in Luke 10, oh, man, there's only four minutes. Somebody, Kyle, are you speeding up that clock? Kyle, calm down up there. You're on lighting, not timer, okay? Don't do this to me. Um, Luke 10, this is, this is powerful. Uh, Jesus has, has sent out his disciples to do ministry, and, and he's like, lets them loose. And it's the first time they're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's very powerful. It's very unique. They've never experienced anything like it. Only, they've only seen Jesus do miracles like this. They come back, and they're telling stories, and Jesus says, hey, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he's like, man, I saw power. I saw you guys kicking devil booty over there. Verse 19 says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Verse 20, he goes, however. That, that's an interesting however after you just said, man, I've given you power and authority. Man, you're, you know, you're dominating out. And he goes, however. Okay, that's something to take note of. If he's just said a really cool thing, but then he's going, but however, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's what matters. That, 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 is, the, that is the priority of heaven. Your name's in the book. You're in the family. You've been adopted. You've been grafted in. Man, if we see the dead raised, amazing. Come on. I want to see more of that in my lifetime. I've always dreamed since I was a kid, I want to be a funeral wrecker. You know what I'm saying? Some people try to be wedding crashers. I want to be a funeral crasher. I want to walk into funerals and pull people out of caskets. Come on. I want to see that happen in my lifetime. But if I do all of that, 
And I, and I think that is the pinnacle of everything, that I've missed it because the most important thing is that I once was lost and now I'm found. I was on my way to hell and Jesus came. He redeemed me. He rescued me. He brought me close to himself. And I'm in the family of God. My name is in the book. Come on. Now that's some good news. That's the best news. All right, now it's seven points. That was a long intro. I'm just going to say a couple things. The band's going to come up and start encouraging me to land it. The problem is I have this Red Bull, and maybe it is affecting me a little bit, you know. You know, while closeness is the priority of heaven, here's, a, here's the, other, the truth about it. Closeness produces other things. When I make being close to God my priority, then identity is one of the things that it produces. Confidence in who you are is not about you trying to focus on yourself and building yourself up. It's actually focusing less on yourself and more on who your father is. How do you figure out who your identity is? You figure out who your father is. Um, in the natural, not everyone in this room had a great father figure. Not everyone had a dad that, that, that poured life and spoke truth into them. I'm thankful that no matter how your heavenly father or your natural father was, your heavenly father will step in and minister life to you and, and, and restore some of those things that a natural dad could have or should have brought into your life. The truth is our identity all right, okay, there we go, Jesus' name, we back. Yeah, time's up, all right, we out. These guys are on a tight ship, they're on a tight ship. Sorry, lights are down, mic's off, okay. I like it. Closeness produces identity, confidence, right? Uh, my dad, here's, here's something I was reflecting on. Uh, my, my dad wasn't necessarily like your motivational speaker dad of today where he's waking me up every day and saying, Samuel, I believe in you. You're a champion. You're a winner. You're never going to be defeated. All you do is win, win, win. He, he didn't wake me up doing that. Uh, but you know what he did? He reminded me, he would oftentimes say to me almost daily, Samuel, I love you. You're my son, and I'm proud of you. He reaffirmed identity, and that causes me to, to live in a different peace and confidence and strength, right? Because I, have, I know who my father is, and my father produces identity in me. Another thing it does is it does produce clarity, right? The closer I lean into God, he guides my steps. He directs you. So clarity is a part of the conversation, but he says your word is going to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God is going to clarify some things. He is going to guide you and direct you. Uh, it, closeness produces stability, right? Jesus says build your life on the rock. Build your life on the word of God. Um, th we have an, uh, unstable times that we've all been born into. Well, guess what? We don't have to live with instability just because our times are unstable. When you build your life on the truth of God's word, when you are close to him and you know his word, when you wear this thing out, right, man, you'll be able to stay steady in unstable times. Amen. Uh, it, it provides power. Closeness does. It provides 
connection or protection when you're close to God. And, and that's also just an encouragement, too, to stay in the house of God, right? A lot of times when people, uh, you know, the devil loves to use offense to get us out of the community of faith. It's like his age-old strategy. He, he's classic for it. Get you offended. Offended at somebody else in here. Offended at a leader. Offended at whatever scenario. Next thing you know, you're like, well, I'm not going there. And you, you, you leave your connect. You leave your campus. You, you're out. And, but what happens is when we leave the house, like this morning it was raining, uh, it was raining on the way here, right? Um, but when we, when we, when you leave the house and you're not under covering or protection, you start getting hit by the elements. When I stay close to God, when I stay close to the people of God, when I stay close to the house of God, it provides protection. And the last thing is it provides peace. It provides peace. Why don't you guys stand with me to your feet? You know, I would say peace or the lack of peace is probably one of the biggest things that we face, but the Bible says that, that there's, there's no fear in love. And the only way that you kind of experience that level is when you're close to the heart of God and all of a sudden you find peace. Like when a child is little, if, you've, if you remember that and you, maybe you were scared of the dark, you were scared of the lightning, you were scared of something, and you run to your parents' room, right? You run to, you know, mom or dad, and nothing about the circumstance changes, but just their presence brings peace to you. Because like, they're good, I'm good. <laughs> right? Right? You just, you come close to God, and all of a sudden you realize, well, God's not freaking out. I'm not going to freak out. <laughs> right? The, the, I, I might feel like there's a storm brewing, but when I, when I got in prayer and started spending time with God, I realized he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I said, oh, man, I, ah, peace hit my heart. You know, uh, over eight years ago now, my wife and I and our, and our two daughters, we made the move from Seattle down here to San Diego. And it was exciting because we knew God was in it, but it was a big step. It, 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 it was a lot of risk. It was a lot of uncertainty. There were those first few months, I, I didn't know if we were going to make it financially. I didn't know if we were going to be able to get through it. And I remember going into my room when, when the pressure of all of that was really at its height and just beginning to pray and worship and pray in the spirit. And I would leave that moment, and I, I didn't always have a, a magical sort of answer at the door or some email in my inbox that said, surprise, your year of living expenses is paid for. You know, that would have been cool. Uh, but I didn't have that, but it was like I left different. I left at peace because I got close to my father. And then peace. Peace is not an outside in. It's an inside out. Because if, if we think in this year, okay, as long as the right person gets elected, oh, I'm going to be at peace this year. Hey, as long as the economy keeps going, goes the direction I want it to go, I'm going to be at peace. As long as that contract, as long as that job, as long as that relationship, as long as that. If I start trying to base my peace on all the external circumstances, having to all align, you will live in chaos constantly. You will live in fear constantly. You will live unsettled constantly, but you don't have to live that way. The world could be swirling 
going around you. You can operate in peace because you're close. You can operate in strength because you're close to your Father. You can operate in peace. Amen. If anything about what I'm saying has kind of struck a chord, maybe there's some areas where, like, man, I've been unsettled. Maybe you felt distant from God. Maybe there's just something in this, as you kicking off this new year, you want to just take some time to be close to God and lean in and, and, just, and worship just for a few moments. I want to just invite you out of your seats. Just come down to the front. Come down to the altar. I just want to worship together for a few moments before I turn it back over uh, to Pastor Michael here in just a second. Just come forward. Come down here to the altar. Make your way forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you're going to receive peace this evening. You're going to find fresh joy this evening. You're going to find hope in a new way this evening. Come on, maybe you just need to get out of the comfort zone a little bit of the seat and just, man, I want to come close to God for a few moments. I want to worship. I want to lean in. I'm telling you what, draw close to God. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible, James 4, 8, it says, come close to God and he will come close to you. What a promise. What a statement. What a beautiful reminder of the goodness of God. Come on, somebody Somebody in this room is, is going to encounter God in a fresh way because you're drawing close. You're leaning in. You're pushing past the norm. You're just going to be in his presence just for a moment. Tim, can you just sing maybe one chorus through? I just want to worship. Not long, but I just want you to lean into this moment, and then I'm going to turn it back over here in just a second. But let's just worship together. Thank you, Jesus. Church, sing it out. How many thankful for the presence of God here tonight? Thankful for his goodness. If you just want to receive more of the peace of God in this season and this year, just lift up your hands around the room, down here in the front, up in our seats. Come on, just need the peace of God. Father, I thank you for a season 
of refreshing. I thank you, God, for a season of peace. God, I think as we enter in this year, we enter in with peace because you are with us, because you're close to us. And God, we commit this year, we're going we're gonna to pursue you. We're going to seek you. We're going to reach out for you. And I know, God, because your word says we will find you. We will be found. You will be found by us as we seek you. Father, I thank you for your presence here this evening. I thank you, God, for this region. I thank you for uh, East County. I thank you, God, for the blessing of God in this house. I thank you, God, for Pastor Michael and Lisa. Your hand would be on them. I thank you for every single individual and family and, and moms and dads and kids. God, I thank you for just a fresh release of the presence of God, the peace of God. I see God... Uh, here's one of the things I see God doing, and um, I'm just going to prophesy this this over you real quickly. I see God installing new, uh, better shocks, like on some type of all-terrain vehicle, to be able to take things differently, right? So God is installing and upgrading that. I see that maybe where it's felt like, man, why, how come maybe certain bumps have hit hard? Oh, we need to replace the shocks. God is uh, shock absorbing. God is is installing new equipment to be able to take new terrain, be able to take new territory. If you just want a smooth road, you don't need that much. But if you're going to climb mountains, if you're going to step into new things, you're going to need some different shock-absorbing capacity in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Father, I thank you for your touch right now. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God just, I just see a reflection. I see God saying, reflect my goodness to people, reflect my grace to people, and you do that. I just see God uh, speaking to you in a new way. And and that that sound that is coming into your spirit, you're like, man, is that God? Yeah, he's speaking to you. He wants you to release that to people. He's going to give you greater words for people, clarity for people, and he wants you to just release that. Just release that in Jesus' name. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How, how many have something that's sort of like a loose end from 2023 that, that needs to get done with it? There, something has to end. I feel like God is bringing some finality to some things. He's, 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 he's bringing a, a finish to something so it's stopping kind of messing with your mind. Just lift your hand up that you need something to get done. You need something to close. You need something to finish. You need something to bring finale. You need that, that scenario to be done and dealt with in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you're bringing that restoration. I thank you, God, that you're bringing uh, things together and you are ending some things. You, you're, you're putting a, a, a finish line to some battles that people have been facing, some attacks from the enemy. I see God bringing an end to the war, an end to the battle, an end to that scenario. And God's got new things, new seasons where he's stepping you into it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Last thing I'm just going to prophesy quickly and I'm going to turn it over. I see that um, that during Christmas time there's there's somebody who felt, may, maybe a few people felt like, man, I got nothing, nothing good. Not necessarily like I didn't get the present I wanted, but it just felt like, man, I, I it's, it's disappointment. 
and not getting what you felt like was the goodness of God or the, the grace of God. And, and I, I just feel like I see God saying, hey, trust me. I've got, I've got things I'm working on. Don't look at a difficult season or a season of disappointment uh, as a final end to your story. I see God sending goodness in the mail. I see God sending his kindness to you and his faithfulness to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.